we uh, have expectation that God's going to speak to us. I believe this morning, specifically what I felt as well, that there's really just an impartation that God would want to give this morning. So impartation can be received just by having a heart that is open and just receiving. So those audibly or visually seen or hearing, just receive um, what God would want to do. But I really felt, even uh, last weekend, when we even with Bill Johnson... Um, and Sean Bolson, that there was something of impartation that took place, and there's something even this morning um, that God would want to release further in that, and the message I'm going to share about has a lot to do with that. All right, so this morning I'm going to just share with you, and um, um, the title, what I want to actually just give is actually a scripture found in John uh, chapter 20, but basically, um, Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you. As the Father sent me, I send you. Um, you know, whatever you and I are looking for, and the questions you and I might have about different things, will always be found in Jesus. So any question that you might have in life about certain things, I want to tell you will be found in Jesus. Because the perfect theology is actually in Jesus. If you want to try to figure out try to understand the old and the new and how the old new and new testament connect and things like this perfect theology is found in jesus whatever you're looking for will be found in jesus and i'll explain this exactly why this morning as well so what jesus came to do is literally jesus when he came to earth he came to reveal the father that's why jesus came to earth okay to see him around jesus comes and he comes to reveal the father he comes to earth to do that now the thing is, we must understand that because of what happened with the, the fall of man, the planet has been a planet not of apes, but a planet, I know you're thinking, you, the, the cue on that line. But the planet basically has been filled with a planet of orphans. So on earth, we, we, it's just been an earth full of orphans. And that's why people carry the orphan spirit in that until they get saved and many times Christians even carry an orphan spirit and but Jesus came and he came here yeah, he came to, to earth and that and he came to reveal the father now there's a scripture I mentioned the other day about two weeks ago where I said this that uh, there was an announcement that was made by the angels glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Alright. So, glory to God where? In the highest. And on earth. Alright. Keep that in mind. So, obviously what happens there in heaven affects on earth here. Okay, you with me? So, peace and goodwill to all men. So, God is, there's this announcement that what is there must happen here. Okay, so basically there's, there's these two realms and these two dimensions. And um, the thing is, you know, th- we deal with many times with the natural realm. And then on the other hand, we speak of the supernatural realm. But God lives, the way God lives is only in one thing, and that is the natural we experience natural and supernatural, but God lives because everything is natural for you. You do realize that. It's not after moving this. Everything is natural for you. So, Jesus, um, 
He was sent and he, was, yeah, he came to, to reveal the Father. Uh, the, the Word of God says that I and the Father are one. Of you have seen me, you have also seen the Father. I and the Father are one. The Scripture says, I and the Father and one are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. So what did Jesus come do? Jesus came to reveal our Father. Okay? So what we've seen at the moment, we've seen a lot of things busy happening uh, on the planet uh, with this whole coronavirus and things, what, what's happening, and uh, everyone's panicking. You can't get toilet paper, sanitizer, whatever. I mean, I'm thinking, how can it be that people react to something like that? What did they react to? And it's like, you know, uh, 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 Jesus, even though there was crisis and things on earth, when he came to earth, he never ever reacted or responded to circumstance. He always reacted and responded to the Father. You get that? So our response as well, even what's happening, we hear in the news and the fear and the whatever. How do we respond? We respond, what's the Father doing? That's how we respond. And you've heard testimonies how even in China, there's amazing healings taking place, miracles, even with the coronavirus. And people are getting saved, like I've been giving testimonies. Even in other parts of the world because they hear what the Christians are doing there. Woohoo! You know, all things work to the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. The thing is, how do we respond to life and circumstances? Do we respond the way that we see the Father and we hear the Father? Because we will always have circumstances. Because we were born into a battle. Alright? That's why we are enlisted in the army of God. That's what the Word says. Alright. So... We see how the Father is re- revealed and, um, and how Jesus gets sent to reveal the Father. We see, for example, with blind Bartimaeus and um, what Jesus goes and he goes and he heals uh, a blind Bartimaeus. And um, I want you to understand, when he heals blind Bartimaeus, he didn't, you understand, it's not like, uh, uh, oh, by the way, I know you, yes, he's God, he knew him. But the thing is, understand this, is that Jesus goes and heals blind Bartimaeus. Why? Because what would a father do with his own son? Heal him. Hello? So, it's supposed to be so normal. Jesus only did what he saw the father doing. The father and I are one, Jesus says. So when he healed blind Bartimaeus, he was only doing what a father would do to a son. We honestly, we don't need revelations on these. It's literally this is one plus one. You know, it's it's sometimes we are we look for the profound things. It's the simple simple things actually of the gospel that are powerful. It's the simple basic things that are powerful. All right. So John seventeen speaks about this, and there's about seven aspects that in John seventeen that that um, you know that refers to what Jesus and the relationship with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's this, uh, and then there's things that are declared. So for for instance, one of the things um, Jesus speaks about is that I made your name manifest. Uh, another thing was I declared your word. Um, another thing he says in John sixteen, um, I performed your words. Um, I did exactly what you told me to do. This is what this, what Jesus is saying in that John 17. There's certain things he's revealing about the Father. Um, 
And Jesus always led people to the Father. Sometimes we're trying to lead people to ourselves. Jesus always led people to the Father. Because he revealed the Father. So this example of blind Bartimaeus which gets healed. Why? Because Jesus reveals what the Father is like. We see another example with with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Jesus is revealing you the Father. These guys were hungry. They hadn't packed lunch. Fat course. They didn't pack anything. And who did Jesus? Jesus reveals the Father. I mean, guys, think, what would a father do? You see these, your children, I mean, you're going to feed them. Jesus came to reveal the Father. So, what about the woman with the uh, caught in adultery? We know the story there. She's caught in adultery. Do you know that? I want you to understand when, when, when this woman's caught in adultery, the law said she had to be stoned. So you had all these people standing around there, actually the first to stone. And um, now, one thing we need to also understand is that Jesus never, ever condoned sin. All right? So there's this whole thing of hyper grace and that. Be careful of these things. We're not into that. Jesus never, ever condones sin. Grace doesn't cover you just to sin any time you want. Okay? That's not right. It's inaccurate. So Jesus never condones sin. But what actually Jesus did when he was there, in this, in what, was, what he did was he actually released the atmosphere of grace. Because the law put a demand and gave a demand. Jesus didn't do away with the law, by the way. The Bible doesn't say that. Jesus fulfilled the law. So he created an atmosphere of grace that came into the place where the law had to be fulfilled. And he brings this atmosphere of grace is, is what happens there. And um, this is this moment that's busy taking place. But listen to this. The actual moment of this, the, with, with this woman caught in adultery. Um, what happens here, this is actually a father-daughter moment. The woman that was caught in adultery, the father-daughter moment, the father restores the woman. Jesus, you've seen Jesus, you've seen the father. So Jesus comes and this, this error he steps into reveals the grace because the law was a tutor to show us that you cannot fulfill the law. That's what the word says. And what he does is there's this father-daughter moment suddenly where Jesus comes and he says, he looks around, doesn't say anything. There's this grace available. And he says, go sin no more. And this daughter, this, this woman which was looking for a fulfillment in someone else found it actually in the father. And she's restored. This is a daughter and father moment like, wow. <laughs> Touches my heart. That's our father. You see, it was always about the father. Um, many of us, we have different upbringings and, um, you know, a lot of us, our father image can be quite messed up. And even though we had the perfect father on earth here, in our eyes, 
our earthly father was not the perfect father. You also realize that. So even in our eyes, I mean, I had an amazing father. Did he have a lot of mistakes? Yes, but when I came to know Jesus, I saw him in a different way. Did he still have mistakes? Yes, but did I have the best father? Yes, I did. So, you know, we normally, this image we have of the father, we say, no, it's, it's, it's not too good to be true. It is good because it is true that God the Father is good. We say, you know, it's too good to be true. No, it is true. That's how good it is. I want to say again, never is it that, we, that, that God wants to or that He tolerates sin. Alright? So He's not tolerating sin but we need to understand this, is that grace enables, grace enables to live victoriously. And it is not an excuse for sin. Alright? So grace is what enables us to live victoriously. It doesn't, you know, say, okay, we well, can sin. Because sometimes there's this thing come over, oh, it's fine if you sin. No, no. Grace enables us to live victoriously. That's what it does. So, what we see is that, um, Jesus, and we see the walk and what he represents is that Jesus loved sinners. Hello? Jesus loved sinners. And uh, the way and the way, how Jesus reveals things is just a different way. He demonstrates kindness. He demonstrates mercy. He demonstrates how actually um, he, he tolerated things, but he didn't tolerate sin. Are you with me? But he showed this mercy, this grace in there. But he didn't tolerate the sin. But he shows his kindness and then he reveals the Father. You see, many times the fear in the church, and many times we find it in church, is that if we get too loving, uh, uh, loving, we will, you know, uh, we will condone sin. If we show much, too much love in the church or through the church, we're going to actually condone sin. Alright, so sometimes there's this thing that like that, but... Um, so what happens is that uh, many times the church becomes actually, we, we don't want to love too much if someone has sinned or stumbled or fallen, so we become brutal with people. And I've heard with, and I've seen it actually, some very scary things that happen when people have messed up in church <laughs> as Christians, when they sinned and certain things and that, and how the church has misrepresented the Father in a brutal and harsh way. Alright? You understand? So I'm just giving you an understanding here of picture. We, Jesus doesn't condone sin. But how we respond, Jesus didn't fear or Jesus was not scared of sin or the sinner. He loved the hell out of people. You understand? God's not scared of sin because He took it upon Himself. And he became sin, the word says. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, So, um, Jesus comes and he actually reveals the Father. Now, Jesus prays and he prays. And we know in uh, Matthew 6, in that, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, it's actually, that we know is the Lord's Prayer. In that, um, and, um, and he starts off, Our Father. And I touched on this the other day about our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So, our Father... Um, do you know what I said this the other day is that there's things you and I can only learn through family. 
and family relationships. Isn't that so? How to forgive, <laughs> how to walk humbly, how to, to put your love on and keep your love on. So that's, that's important. So even Jesus comes and he prays his prayer, our Father. And um, you see, because relationships are important. Relationships in the kingdom are important. Okay, So we, we, we must understand, yes, we individually have a relationship with God. And we can have a relationship with God. But there are also things that you can, can only learn through relationships with people. Like iron sharpening iron. And, and this thing we need to understand and that it's important to think. So Jesus comes and says, our father, because he refers to family. It's not things that are loose. All right. So Jesus, um, you know, he, he would do the amazing thing. He walks in the streets and uh, he heals the people. And, um, you know, the, pe- the, the reason why, 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 why people follow Jesus is because what there was, there was this vacuum in society. And there was this vacuum to actually know and to have a father. So there's this vacuum in society and the people follow Jesus because they were looking for what they were looking for a father. Today is the same thing. People run after a lot of other things because they're looking for the vacuum to be fulfilled. Some run after religion. Some, I mean, like I said, there's many orphans in, in churches today. We need to adjust our thinking um, to a father that actually is extremely kind and extremely good because the way we see our father I mean this is my own life was a thing just by the way even though I said I had the best father earthly one he had his mistakes but I want to tell you something is that um, I, I honestly I, I had this thing where I didn't believe the, our heavenly father was actually always kind and good because I had enough hell that I went through in my own life. And bad things happen. And I would always point to God. It's amazing how when bad things happen, people blame God. Have you seen that? Have you seen even in law or insurance stuff, it was an act of God? Well, if, if, if you know, this is the thing. You know, if it was that, that Jesus brought the storm... Or God brought the storm and Jesus calms the storm, then there will be a divided Godhead. Do you realize that? So it couldn't have been God who sent the storm if Jesus rebuked the storm. Don't blame things, well, this loved one died. No, this is God. God could have saved them. God could have healed them. God, don't. I say perfect theology is in Jesus. You see in Jesus, you see in the Father. Does bad things happen to Christians? Yes. But the way you have an image and a vision or picture of God, the Father, is how you're going to respond to Him. Okay. So in John 20, uh, verse 19 to 21, I'll just read it. John 20, verse, uh, uh, John chapter 20, verse 19 to 21, it says here, And then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Okay, like I've preached on this before, um, we probably would have worn nappies when someone walks through the wall. And the first thing Jesus says, peace. Because I'm busy shaking already because you just walked through the wall. 
Okay, so he says, peace be with you. But what he does, and when he said this in verse 21, 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Okay, so he said, ah, look at my hands and my side. It's me. And then his disciples, uh, and then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. And then he says this, as the Father sent me, I also send you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Alright, so we see this, um, what takes place there, and, and I've shared quite a bit on that scripture previously. So, um, what did Jesus, sorry, what did the Father send Jesus to do? It's not a trick question. What did, Jesus, what did Father God send Jesus to do? Firstly, the Father sent Jesus to earth, and He was the only perfect sacrifice to come and pay and to die and to pay for this, our sins and to take our sins away, right? That's the first thing we know. There's no other person or sacrifice that could have been made but Jesus only. All right, so we know that's what Jesus also came to do for all mankind. But we must not, that's what he came to do. But what Jesus also came to do was to do what? To reveal the Father. So Jesus came as Savior of the world. And the next thing that Jesus says in this verse, he says, In the same way the Father sent me, I send you. He says, For thine is the kingdom. Alright? Thine is the kingdom. Our Father art in hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, he's, and he speaks about, for thine is the kingdom. Remember Jesus said, the Father sent me, I send you. Jesus speaks about, thine is the kingdom. So, the thing is this, first you and I must understand is that, uh, the kingdom in that is about family. It's family run. Alright? It's a family run business. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, so Father and Sons. That's you and I as well. Okay, so there's the kingdom of God is what you and I are going to walk out and what you're going to be involved in. It's a family business. So, once you have the concept of family... Once you, sorry, once you leave the concept of family, and this is what many times happens, I've seen, people get hurt, Christians get hurt, and they leave the, con they leave the concept of family. I want to tell you, family is kingdom. I'm speaking about the local churches. Alright? That's important. Um, because kingdom value and what kingdom is, is family. Okay? So, when we abandon the concept of family, we leave the primary issue that the Father has sent us for something, right? So our, fam our Father, for thine is the kingdom. So, you know, the thing is, is people ache for what you know. Maybe, t you know, there's things that you and I in intuit intuitively we know and we understand as this is family and the Father is good. And the Father loves you. Um, many Christians don't even know that. 
They've experienced, they've given their hearts to Jesus, but they've not actually encountered what this is. And many times I've seen, and they will know you're Christians by your love. The love between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the love they're going to find between you and me. You understand? This is the family. So kingdom reveals family of God. Okay. So, um, and this is what people ache for. They long for this. Um, they long to experience the Father even through the family. The next minute we know that uh, the, what the scripture says that, remember the disciples of Jesus, that Jesus breathes on the disciples. And what happens is they receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus breathes on the disciples, they receive the Holy Spirit. And um, basically, in that moment, what Jesus says, he says, my job is done. Okay? You still with me? And uh, then he says to him, he says, that the Father sent me and I'm sending you. And this is the thing what you and I need to start understanding what God is. Why has God sent us? To do what? Why has God sent us? He sent us to reveal the Father. So imagine this. If the church is sitting with the orphan spirit, how do we actually do what Jesus commanded us to do? What He told us to do? He, he, as the Father sent me, I send you. Alright? We are there to reveal. We are there to reveal who the Father is. So... Um, you know, whether you're in business, whether you're studying, um, in that place and that arena is where you actually reveal the Father. Because the world, the world is a planet of, of, of orphans and the Father can be seen through you and me. Listen to me. I'm saying again, it's scary when many times people come to a building on a Sunday, the Father's not always necessarily revealed. But I want to say we have an opportunity to take the Father out into the marketplace, into education, whatever, to re actually reveal the Father. Alright, so, um, I say this, that let's, let's not give the credit for bad things to God. Let's actually reveal the Father in the right way. Psalm 67 verse 1. I want us just to have a look at this. Psalm 67 verse 1. It's actually quite amazing here. Um, Psalm 67 verse 1, it says the following... Psalm 67 verse 1, it says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Alright? Say again. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Alright? I want to tell you something and make a statement that you and I have a responsibility to pursue the blessing of God. Alright, so, without you and I being blessed, you and I will be ill-equipped to reveal what the Father is like. Abram is the father of our faith, Galatians 3. God said, I will bless you to be a blessing. God wants to reveal himself as father through you and I actually being blessed. 
I'll, I'll just break it a bit more open now. So, the church, in the name of humility, has not pursued blessing. Remember, when I speak about God prospers you for purpose. There's always purpose involved. Alright? So, the scripture says here, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Um, can I tell you something here? This is a study that was done that actually speaks about, they did a study and they speak about that there is a, some of the medical guys might know this here, but there is actually a joy center in our brain. There's actually a joy center uh, that, is, that is in our brain and as a child, what happens is it, it, this joy center as a child is triggered by the face of our caregiver. So there's a joy center in our brain. And with a child growing, there's a specific place that is triggered by the face of the caregiver. Remember, Jesus came to a planet of orphans looking for a father. You see, many Christians have not seen the countenance of a heavenly father that delights in them. And a lot of us as Christians, even because of our, and this is where I said, honor your mother and your father, not how they do and what they do. The Bible says honor them. But some of us don't even, have never met our father. Some of us maybe had the worst experience with our physical fathers. Many Christians have had this, have not experienced this. So, the thing is, what I want to say here, yeah, is a prayer. In Psalm 67 verse 1. And to actually get some of these things straightened out and sorted out in our lives. You see, we basically, all of us, um, are ill-equipped when it's come to actually realizing how good our Heavenly Father is. All of us. So all of us have degrees of the way we experienced a, a, a physical father or not, right? Um, but God is turning this and wanting to shift this thing, even in this season, I believe, in the body as well as even in this house. That, um, I mean, just to give you an example, you know, my, my, my uh, devotion, even as a father to my daughter, is extreme. Okay, I have one child, I have one daughter, and... Uh, my devotion to in that, but our Heavenly Father's devotion to me and to you is so, 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 so much more.
Verse Jan 6, uh, chapter 67, it says here, Have mercy. This is actually what it also says in that verse. Have mercy. Bless us. Cause your face. Cause your face. The other word speaks about there. Um, cause your face. Actually, your delight. Cause your delight to shine upon us. You see, this is the countenance of a perfect father. He has absolute delight. Zephaniah 3.17 speaks about this, how God rejoices over us with singing. He actually spins and he twirls. He rejoices over us. There's this absolute rejoicing over us. Yes, you and me. You see, because God is not scared of sin. And the blood of Jesus paid the price that has washed you and me clean. And the way that God sees us is not what... We were because the, 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 the Lamb of God was slain, slain before the foundation of the world. And the way God sees you and me is not with our mistakes, even now as a Christian that we make, He sees the end. That's why when God speaks to us and sees, to, sees us, He calls the end of what has already happened because we live in time, He doesn't. And He sees us as we are before Him. The problem is the way we see ourselves and one another is not the way He sees us. And so when the Father sees us, He rejoices over us with singing because in Christ we're perfect. And the way we read ourselves in a mirror because the reflection in the way we look in a mirror is not in the context of Jesus that He paid a full price and He said it is finished. The context how we read things when we look in the mirror is, oh, you're a failure. You're this... Who told you that? And we've been transformed from glory to glory into the image of what? Jesus. Moses, we know the story about Moses, how... He stood in the glory of God, and uh, and 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 basically, you know, he said, he said to God, he said, "I want to see your glory." You know the story. Remember the story. I want to see your glory, and and God actually hit him in the cleft of the rock. Remember that. And God actually turned his back, type of thing, and that because of the glory was so. And then it says the following. It says the following. That. So he's hidden in the rock, the cleft of the rock. Actually, actually Jesus. And hidden there in the cleft of the rock. So God showed Moses what? His goodness. Read your Bible. Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, okay, I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to hide you in the rock at Jesus. And he moves past. And the Bible says, and God's goodness moved past him. What is glory? What's the glory of God? His goodness. God is only good. There's no darkness in him. Do you know there's no shadow even in heaven? This, by the way. 
the glory of God is his goodness. And the time that Moses comes down, his face is shining. Why was the face of Moses shining? Because he saw the goodness of the Father. And I really believe this is a word for now because God is busy changing the countenance of the church. This church, but also on earth. And God is wanting to reveal the goodness of who He is through the church on earth. How will the world know the Father unless He's revealed through us? The same way the Father sent me, I send you. If the church doesn't know the goodness of God, which is His glory, how will the world know? It says here in the second verse, um, he says here, God be merciful to us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. Then it says in second verse. That your way may be known on earth. How is the father going to be revealed? His goodness will be revealed on earth. When we behold him. And you and I have been transformed in understanding the goodness of God. That God is only good. Bad things happen, but He remains good. He's a loving Father. He's a perfect Father. He is the perfect Father. And the world is desiring what? To see the Father. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth. If you don't do something um, extreme in me, noticeably, Lord, (laughs) if you don't do something in me, Lord, how will the rest know? How will the people who I work with know? How will the place where I go fill up with fuel know or whatever? How will they know? What is it that they must see? They need to see this wonderful Father in you and me. In John 20 it says there, As the Father sent me, I send you. Do you know that when God gives a command, when He gives the command, He gives the power in the command. So when Jesus says this, the Father sent me, I send you. There's power in the command. God's not going to say, okay, go heal the sick, raise the dead, whatever, unless there's power in what he said. Amen? So, 
in the law, you are commanded to do something, right? So in the law, commands you to do something. In grace, you are empowered to do something. So in the law, you're commanded to do something. But in grace, you get the power to do it. So in the same way, even this morning, those who are listening or seeing or, yeah, in the same way, hearing and seeing this word and you receive it, what happens? There's impartation of grace. Because the word, Jesus says, my words are spirit, life and spirit. And it has power to perform for which has been sent out. Alright? So, as the Father sent me, I send you. Every day of your life, you and I need to be the representative of the Father. And God's called us to represent Him well. God wants to bless you and me so that we can become a blessing. A lot of us have cut off what God wants to do in our lives because of what we believe. Because what you believe is what you start receiving. Because words have life. So if I believe a lie, I empower the lie. If I believe a lie about myself, even though it is a fact, I need to agree with what heaven says. Because I receive grace in it. I receive power in it. And this is that promise in Psalm 67 verse 1 and 2. That your way may be known on earth. The Father wants to wants us to encounter Him face to face. He wants us to experience Him. Do you, do you understand this? God is pursuing you and me more than what we're pursuing Him. So, as you know, I had an early morning this morning, and that was not because the Lord woke me up. <laughs> it was because of uh, the big party thing happening in the center of town two kilometers away. And then I, I got up in that in the stage and I went and I went back into my room. And then I got a message again. And I've been getting them off and I've told you the last couple of weeks. The time was three sixteen. I had a bit of a smile again, you know. For God so loved me. That's how I took it. For God so loved me that you gave your only son that if I believe in you, I'll have eternal life. And he's just like pursuing me. I'm telling you, God is pursuing you and me and you and me like you can't understand the ways. He's so madly in love with you and me. Why would he send his only son to die for you and me if he didn't love us? Well, I like that person more. God is not a respect of persons. He doesn't choose one above the other. If you have three children, which one do you love more? You love each each child differently, but you love them. The one will need more time. The other one won't. The one will need more hugs. The other one not. 
So our Heavenly Father loves us. And you know what? His love provokes people to jealousy in a positive way. Lord, why is this person here? It's like, Lord, here I am. Woohoo! You pursuing me as well. The way you're going to love on me might be the, look different to the way you're going to love on someone else. But I believe this morning that I'm going to pray as well, shortly, just for everyone here as well. Just really, if, if, if you say, Lord, um, Father, I, I want to know your love for me. I want to see your face. I want to see your goodness. I, I, I want to reveal your goodness. At my workplace, place of study, I want people to see the countenance I have is actually the goodness that is reflecting off my face, like Moses. That, that your goodness is so overwhelming me, that I'm so blessed by your presence, your goodness, that people are being infected positively by God. Because whatever overshadows you is what's going to influence the things around you. There's no power in the thing. There's no power in the hankies that were sent around in the Bibles. The power is not as what overshadowed the people that prayed over them, that gave substance to what was the thing. And yet God's living in us. Let Him overshadow us, even in this week, that the Father will be seen. So, let's just stand. And we're going to just pray. I want to pray for you. And for those who want to agree, agree. That, that really just what God would want to do in this time. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we want to thank you even this morning. And, Father, I want to just pray as well, just for an a impartation right now. Just with a hunger and an understanding in our spirit, man. Even though our head might not always comprehend. But that we would understand that there is an absolute love of you, Father God. And that you want to send us into this world carrying the countenance of your goodness, of how good Father you are to us. Despite circumstances we and we want to we want to see chains broken off even this morning, chains in our thinking, change in our mindset. And Father, I want to pray for a release and a breakthrough that the orphan spirit that will be shut down and broken off because we actually encountered the Father that has found an orphan and healed us and made us sons and daughters because we've received now the power and the right to become and to be called and to be known and to live as sons and daughters of the living God. And Father, we want to just step into that. We want to step into our inheritance of who we are in you. In you, Jesus. We are co-heirs. Co-heirs to rule and reign with you. Father, I thank you that in the same way, Jesus has relationship with you. We want relationship with you. We want to know you. We want to know you. We have this desire in our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that even this morning, just there will just be a, a download in our hearts this morning. That we'll walk away here yeah, with a, a strength in our spirit, man. That we are truly sons and daughters of a loving Father, a perfect Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.